Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. How's everybody doing today? So my name is Rob, and I'm doing my field placement here. Uh, I'm a lifelong student. I'm uh, doing this with River's Edge for my field placement. And I just want to talk to you a little bit about how God turns things right side up. And so just to introduce you a little bit, I'm doing, I did some studies at Concordia, did some studies at McGill, the Montreal School of Theology, but most of the things that I've really learned have been in my private devotions or at church or in on the street with people or even strangers and just chopping it up, talking about the good news of Jesus. I'm not a gifted theologian, so to speak, and I don't remember everything I learned in school, but I do love the gospel and I do believe it is the greatest story ever told. And so with that being said, I love people. You know, I love you guys, I love being here. Um, I don't like labels or titles, so to speak, because uh, I just want to be, do leadership in ministry, so I'm getting some experience, and I'm thankful, yeah, I'm thankful to be here, and um, I basically do rhythm and poetry, and I also collect music, and I like to do evangelism and talk about the victory that we have in Christ Jesus, and so, yeah, I remember 17 years ago, this whole place was a skate park, and we had an Lorenzo had an outreach skate park and they had like ramps and um, jumps and stuff like that. And we were able to play our instrumental beats as loud as we wanted. And it's always been a safe place to come here and just do our thing, you know, and have fellowship with all kinds of, uh, all kinds of scenarios. So yeah, that's just it. I'm doing my studies here. I want to talk a little bit about how this world is backwards, as we all know, but Christ is forwards. Um, you know, this world is dark, but Jesus is the light. And so I wanted to, this whole idea, oh yeah, by the way, I remember a lot of your faces, but forgive me if I forget some of the names. I'm doing my best as I can, but uh, yeah, I want to read from Psalm 73. This is the whole reason of everything I wanted to talk about, how this world is backwards and everything. I don't know if it's there. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, sure, I'm just gonna read this, but first I'm just gonna introduce it a bit. Um, the prophet Asaph, who wrote this psalm, you know, the psalms in the Old Testament, King David wrote most of the psalms, but Asaph reflects on the nature of God and uh, how to respond to corruption in excess wealth, power, and in influence. And so we see that, you know, Asaph was the leader and the organizer of the temple choir. He saw a lot of bad things happening and he was not having it. And so, yeah, it says that, you know, God is good to Israel and the pure in heart, but uh, he's also good to the proud and the wicked. And this seems unfair. So this, you know, the Psalms are all kinds of scenarios from being asking for forgiveness to praising God to praying for someone else. This one is about complaining. 
This one is about being frustrated and everything. I'm not saying we should be frustrated at God, but at the same time, sometimes we just come to God with how we feel about injustices and things like that. And so I'm going to read the psalm from my uh, Bible here. You can read along too. I hope the, revela- uh, the translation is the same. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet come close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant, as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pains in their death, and their body is fat. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like mankind. Therefore, pride is in their necklace. The garment of violence covers them. Their eyes bulge from fatness. The imaginations of... I lost my place. The imaginations of their heart run riot. They mock and wickedly speak of oppression. They speak from on high. They have set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue parades through the earth. Therefore, his people return to this place, and waters of abundance are drunk by them. They say, how does God know, and is there knowledge within the Most High? With the Most High. Behold, these are the wicked, and always at ease they have increased in wealth. So this is Psalm 73. And what can we take out of this? We see that um, the wicked prosper. You know, we see it all the time. We see it on television. We see it on the internet. Uh, We see it on social media. We see it in our own lives. You know, and how do... And life isn't fair. Why do bad things happen to good people? So, and having said that, how are we supposed to respond or react when this happens? How do we hold on when being good doesn't pay off? You know, so this is a frustration. Wicked are flourishing. And so this world is backwards, and we, are, we see that with, like, the rich versus the poor. You know, we have millionaires and homelessness not too far away. There's a lack of help for services, you know, for the intellectual or, the, you know, uh, mental health, reconciliation, First Nations, you know, police brutality, racism. This is, it's not just. We have fabricated lifestyles. I just want to expose the darkness a little bit. I'm not always going to be talking about what's wrong. But uh, fabricated lifestyles, you know, we watch TV and we just compare it to our average lifestyles and everything seems so perfect. And so another injustice is pop culture. And I'm just saying, you know, in pop culture, we see this glorified rock star, glorified gangster, you know, money, sex, drugs and crime, you know, uh, sin and all these things that is being exposed, you know, like satanic symbols and stuff. We need to talk about this because it's true. And it's, you know, violence and idolatry and everything like that. So I'm not, I know I sound like an old man complaining about (laughs) how this generation, but the generation really is not looking good because it's just getting bad to worse, you know. And so after being born again when I was 20 years old, I accepted Jesus in my life, obviously, and I, I was in a bad situation in a bad place, and I remember getting an opportunity to work at a camp with the Salvation Army. And uh, at the Salvation Army, by the grace of God, we had opportunities to lead hundreds of kids to Christ. And it was the best thing ever. We were able to take the inner city kids out of their, um, out of their context and bring them to a camp. The camp was paid for. Everybody was allowed. I mean, the parents had a week off, you know, for... And we told them what we were about. You know, we were a Christian camp. We led these kids to Christ. And, but I did realize firsthand the influence 
that pop culture and all these icons and the way they're speaking, the music they listen to, you know, had a huge effect on them. You know, money, power, respect, all these things, you know, and it was just a bad situation. And the reason why is because this world is the enemy's temporary domain. You know, the Bible says that the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers, you know. So this is, you know, Lucifer wasn't cast down from heaven to hell. He was cast down to earth. And that's why it explains it. And you can read this in Ezekiel 28. It's pretty fascinating, you know. And a third of the angels went down with him to, to earth. And that's in Re Revelations 12. And so why am I saying all this is because this is just a temporary reality, you know. These angels switched teams that went from praising God to now praising themselves, praising, glorifying sin, glorifying what's wrong and stuff like that. And so, yeah, the last injustice is kind of similar is Barabbas and Jesus. So Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, was going to offer to release a prisoner after... Um, after a year, and then the crowd wanted and preferred and chose Barabbas, a convicted murderer in an insurrection, over Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so that's so backwards. That is very backwards, you know what I mean? And, you know, all that to say, this world hates the Jesus that we love. You know, we love the Jesus that the world hates. And so we picked... The world picks Barabbas over Christ all the time, you know, whenever it's the choices we make, the, the, the movies we watch, the things we do, you know, the, the people that we endorse and stuff like that. And so that's just it. So my next point that I want to mention is how God's kingdom is the opposite. This is the good part, okay? This, I'm finished talking, we exposed in the darkness. The battle was 2,000 years ago, and it was the focal point of redemptive history. Jesus conquered sin, death, and Satan. And so it's not our battle, but it's God's battle. And God's won. And God's going to keep winning. And God's going to be glorified. And God will be glorified in us through what we do. And so we fight from victory and not for victory. We have the victory. You know, Jesus did it all on the cross. Everything's done. You know, instead of the prince of this world, Jesus is the king of kings. Instead of imitating and perverting, Jesus is the creator. Instead of the darkness, Jesus is the light. So there's obviously a dichotomy here, you know. There's a, you can't, it's an opposite spectrum, you know. Instead of being the wolf, that it comes to divide and steal, and Jesus is the shepherd. And that's pretty cool, you know. So instead of a fading world like the God of this age, this that is fading, Jesus is the everlasting and original. He's the God of love. He's the image of the invisible God, which is, which is amazing. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. There's so many good things about how God's kingdom is opposite. So we fight from victory, not for victory. And what else did I want to mention? You know, Jesus is also the Lamb of God who takes away our sins. You know, he fulfilled every prophecy from the Old Testament, and he is the Lamb of God to those who are being saved and have been forgiven, but he's also the Lion of Judah to the enemies, you know, to coming, he's going to come back in his glory with his angels and in Jerusalem, and this, this is no joke. And so when we think of Psalm 73, the reason why I was talking about this before is that this world 
is, yeah, the wicked are flourishing and life is unfair, but how do we cope in that situation given that reality? So I, I, I know there's like a ton of examples, and I just want to mention four which really stand out to me, uh, how that, you know, Jesus didn't turn the world upside down, Jesus turned the world right side up. So this is another good part I want to mention. So the scriptures, when we read the scriptures, we have more faith. You know, it says faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. You know, when we read the scriptures, we sin less. We're not sinless, but we sin less, you know. And the Bible says, thy word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. And that's pretty cool. Um, what else did I want to mention? Oh, yeah, even when Jesus was in the desert being tempted by the evil one, he knew his, he knew his scripture. He had to respond with that, and there's many more examples. I don't know if I have enough time to go over everything, but Paul, the Apostle Paul, talks about the armor of God, right? Like the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, uh, shoes to announce the good news of peace. What am I forgetting? Breastplate of righteousness. But the most important is the sword, the sword of the Spirit. That's Jesus Christ. That's the Word of God. That's the attacking. That's the attacking part, you know, and. So the scriptures are so important. And the next thing is prayer. You know, as we think about scripture, we know that we can pray the scriptures. You know, just recently I've been praying the Psalms. I say amen, it's as if it's my prayer, you know. And I like the acronym PUSH. I don't know if you guys ever heard of this. It's pray until something happens. You know, we serve a God that answers prayer. You know, Jesus wasn't, wasn't joking when he said, uh, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. And so to, just to push and to pray without ceasing, even the Holy Spirit helps us pray. So God is turning things right side up every time we read the scriptures in our lives. We are victorious. Every time we pray, you know, God is there. In all situations, we can pray for forgiveness. We can pray for healing. We can pray for all things in the mighty name of Jesus. And so in all situations, we pray. We can say the Our Father. Even the Our Father is in priority. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. You know, it's, it's everything is in order. And so, yeah. So that's scripture and prayer in terms of turning the world right side up. And we also have perspective. So you guys obviously know, you, you know, we are what we eat. If we're feeding on, I don't know, junk food and just filling up on secular stuff and everything like that, it's going to come out in our life. But as for perspective, I would say... Um, you know, I already said we are, but we, I can't remember what my next point was. Okay, so there's, there's, there's an opposite spectrum of, uh, there's an op opposite spectrum of the way we view things, you know? Like the world would say that I'm poor, God says I'm rich. The world would say that I'm a broken vessel. Or no, what am I saying? I missed it up. Um, no. Okay, so I, sorry, I apologize. So the world says that I'm religious, but God says I'm born again, and all this stuff like that. And I heard this really cool saying, and it goes like, it's who we think we are, it's who other people say we are, and who God knows we are. And so I think that's pretty cool as well. And so community, we're not alone. You know, when we come here, we remind each other that we're not crazy, uh, we're not defeated, we're not outnumbered. And when we have fellowship, that's with the Creator. You know, everything comes into place. And as the saying goes, this is not a museum of saints, but this is a hospital 
for sinners. But we can also have victory over sin through Jesus Christ and what he's done on the cross. And so, you know, it's good to surround ourselves with thirsty, accountable, hungry people. We confess our sins to each other. We can have, we can have real friendships. Some of my best, most of my best friendships are, have Jesus involved, you know, because we have the same code. We have the same way of going about things. We can share the same struggles. And so obviously church is not just the building. It's the people, as you guys probably know. Um, so that's, that's pretty interesting. And so all that to say, the creator of the universe lives inside of us. And when we get together, you know, it's like, uh, what's that, Matthew 8, 20. Wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. There's power in numbers. And we can change the world in community. Every time we pray in Jesus' name, every time we read the Bible, every time we have the right perspective, we can do big things as a community. And so, in conclusion, I just want to say that yes, the wicked flourish, and yes, life isn't fair, but God is good, and he will never abandon us. You know, our, identif our identification is in Christ Jesus. What we have, we inherit from him, and everything he did on the cross. So I'm not scared to die. I'm not envious of evildoers. I know that people reap what they sow. There will be a judgment day, but Jesus Christ took the punishment on our behalf. He took the judgment. And so I have two, I know I've been saying uh, some different quotes and I haven't necessarily followed up with that, but if you could put up uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 18. This is one of my favorite verses. It says, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. So we're obviously going in a different direction, right side up. Jesus is countercultural. He is the light in this dark world. Um, he is going forward despite things being backwards, and he's taking us along with him. And so the next verse, this is just to show Jesus is in a different direction, and we follow him, and we are victorious, is uh, first, no, oh, what is it? Philippians 3.8, if you could put that up, please. Yeah. So it says, I'm going to read, okay. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. And so I forget how I was going to end this, but I also want to do a little poem with you guys. I think that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I wanted to do a little poem with you guys if that's cool. Um, and then we end in prayer. So it goes something like this. I normally had music with this one, but it's okay. So praise the Lord, renowned and excellent. From the cross to the crown, benevolence. Heed the power of the tongue and what it represents. Get redeemed by Elohim for the recompense. Whether hell-bound measurement, spell-bound evident, the absolute truth is forever, friends. Accept the Great Commission for a settlement. Because the gospel is the mission I'm propelling with. As I get into the element where nothing is irrelevant, address the room's elephant. The message develop and profess words to death. Profess words to life. Choose your words wisely on the mic and it's like lyrically conscious. I rep the kingdom. I know where I'm going and I know where I'm from. Honest. The truth set me free. Confess my sins and believe to receive. It's obvious. I know where I stand. I'm going in. And I hope you understand. God is in command. The devil been defeated. Words give life. Glory to Jesus. So that was my song. Thank you.
So yeah, that's the first time I ever performed that in front of this many people, so I'm glad it went well. So uh, maybe we can just close in prayer, if that's okay. Heavenly Father, thank you for the light. Thank you that you are the light, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you expose the light, I mean expose the darkness with your light, and that we have an opportunity to fight from victory and not for victory. You are made us victorious by what you did on the cross. Lord Jesus, we praise you and we thank you that you did not turn the world upside down, but you turned the world right side up. And I pray that you just change us and transform us. And may we have good fellowship for the rest of the time. Lord, we praise you and we thank you all for, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.